Uh, welcome to Phoenix Bible Church. My name is Tim. I'm the pastor here. If this is your first Sunday with us, welcome. Uh, this is our ninth Sunday at this new location. Love to tell you the story of how we got here at some point. But two key words I can tell you right now that are really important is process and progress about this location. Process and progress. This place has been a place in process. The, just briefly, the school across the street, Phoenix Christian School, owns this property, and they're actually moving their elementary school over to this area. And so it's been a process for them to figure out this space, the AC in this space, multiple factors of this space, and get moved in. And uh, as they get ready to start school in two weeks. And then for us, coming into that process the same way. So much of the progress uh, that you ha see up here behind me, these, um, these nice stained boards. Don't they look nice? A uh, group uh, yesterday, yeah, clap for the group who built those. Thank you, yeah. A group just yesterday was uh, finishing staining these up last night. Uh, tons of you were here yesterday mowing stuff, moving stuff, painting stuff. Uh, it was amazing to see the progress made through the body of Christ, people using their gifts and talents to use this place, which is just a place, but it's really a kingdom outpost to show the love and goodness of God to the city of Phoenix. And so um, we're, we're excited to be here, excited to continue to make progress. And along those lines, um, maybe you're not handy and, and those type of things uh, aren't your gifts, but you have a gift. God has given you a gift, even if it's a gift of smiling and saying hi to someone, if it's a gift of speaking, uh, reading scripture from stage, working tech stuff and kids ministry. And we as the church, as a kingdom outpost to show the love of Jesus to the world, uh, we want to see your gifts utilized. We want to see you make a difference. And uh, the way we do that is through serving. Times like yesterday, for sure, but also 9.30 a.m., getting here early to set up coffee or to, to work the sound booth or to run slides or uh, greet people and, and remembering what it was like when you were first greeted and, and being that person for someone else. And as we ramp up into the fall, uh, we would love to give you that opportunity to serve once a month in one of those areas. And so if you're not doing that already, uh, we would invite you to do that. Here's how to do that. Uh, you got a bulletin when you walked in. Would everybody hold that up? Let me know you got it. There you go. Not many people know this, but let's do this together and just practice. If you open this up, you don't have a mic, so this is easier for you. There's a perforated connect card that you can tear off. Would you just tear that off with me right now? Just everybody together. Tear it off. Let it rip. Awesome. Thank you guys for doing that. If you would like to serve in any capacity for once a month in a rotation, all you have to do is take that card, forget about everything else that's on there, write your name, email, and check the box that says serving on a Sunday. You guys see that? Uh, the offering's already passed, but you can just drop it off at the connect desk right through those double doors to the left, and we will get you onboarded uh, with a leader to serve and have the opportunity to do that this fall. So we're excited to give you that opportunity. Serving uh, is what you're going to hear a lot about today as, uh, in our sermon. So worship and the will. Uh, we're in part five of this series. Uh, one of my favorite things about this summer has been seeing leaders in our church preach God's word. Some of them for the first time in this capacity on a Sunday. And I've loved getting to go through with these guys, these three guys, outlines, manuscripts, rehearsals um, to preach God's word. Have, have you enjoyed that this summer? Yeah, they've done a fantastic job. Uh, our last one today is Graham Saunders. Excited for you to hear from them. Uh, Graham is one of the leaders in our church, leads in several ways, 
bangs on the drums back here. Uh, his beautiful wife, Savannah, uh, they're expecting a child, so he'll tell you more about that. Uh, but we love the Saunders family so much. So excited for you to hear from him. Uh, I'm excited to get back into this next week to wrap up this worship series. But for now, uh, worship and the will, we're going to talk about serving. Graham Saunders, would you welcome him with me to preach God's word? Good morning, PBC. Uh, I am so excited uh, and honored to be here with you all this morning. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, my wife, Savannah, and I have been married for uh, four years now. Uh, we actually just celebrated our four-year anniversary on Friday. Um, if you know Savannah and I, you know that we like classy. So we, uh, we finished a night off with our hero, uh, Guitar Hero Battles at Dave & Buster's. Um, it was really romantic. Uh, like Tim said, Savannah is pregnant. Uh, we're expecting our first child here in early September, um, and I just can't wait to, to meet that little one and to be a dad and all the things that come with being a dad, um, even the, the sleepless nights, but also the, the snuggles with the baby that are, that are headed my way. Um, and I don't know if you can tell, but I have been working on my dad bod a little bit, and not to brag, it is going pretty well. Um, so <laughs> we've been a part of PBC since the beginning. Uh, we actually showed up here as a young dating couple, and we walked from dating into engagement, uh, engagement into marriage, and now marriage into parenting. Um, and we could not be more grateful to be a part of a body of Christ in a church like this. Uh, if you've been with us or listening online these past few weeks, you know that we've been going through a sermon series on worship. Um, two weeks ago, we heard from Bradley Hyde about worship of the mind. Last week, we heard uh, Samson about worship uh, worship of the heart and our affections, and this week we're going to be talking about worship of the hands and serving and what that looks like. So we've gone from the head to the heart, now the hands and our outward expression of that. Now when I first started preparing for this sermon, one of the first things I did was Google what does it mean to serve God, just to get a, a broad sense of what was out there and what it meant. And the first thing I clicked on was an article by John Piper. Now, if you don't know John Piper, uh, he's basically the Yoda of modern-day pastors. He's, he's wise and he's smart. And so I clicked on the article expecting to find just some great, insightful stuff uh, for my sermon. But instead, the first thing I saw was, how do we serve a God who has no needs? And I thought, hmm, it's going to be a little bit harder than I thought. Now, I would assume that all of us here know that we're supposed to serve God in, in some way or another. But if you're like me, you wonder, what does that really look like? What does that mean to serve God? Does that mean being um, a monk or a nun? Does that mean not working at all and spending all of your time serving others? Does that mean abandoning everything that you have and moving to a third world country to be a missionary? I mean, sometimes it can look like that. It can be serving as a missionary, but... Also, like the article by John Piper pointed out, how do we serve a God who has no needs? So that's what we're going to look at this morning, both how and why we serve God. For that, we're going to jump into 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. Uh, if you have a Bible, please open it with me, um, or you can use your phone. And if you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles at the back. Please feel free to grab one. Um, if you're new with us or you don't have a Bible, please keep that as a gift uh, we believe there is life and, and freedom in those pages. So 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, as Dave just read. 
It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks by, speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So the first thing we see here in 1 Peter is that in everything we do, whether serving or speaking or using a gift that God has given us, we do it all for Christ. And why do we do that? It says so that in everything, with all things, through all things, that God would be glorified. To pull that apart, that means first that we serve God by serving others. That, that the primary way in which we serve God is through serving others. And furthermore, that in everything we do, we should aim to worship and serve God. As we see in the text, whether speaking or serving by the strength that God provides, or using a gift to serve one another, we do it all for Christ. Now, I believe there are, there are two things we have to look at before we move on. The first is that true serving, the true service of others that worships and pleases God is service that is not selfish. It's serving in a way that is not for our own personal gain. Yet, that doesn't mean we don't enjoy it. We don't do it out of selfish motivation, but that doesn't mean we don't enjoy it. Let, let, let me ask you this. When Jesus in Luke says it is more blessed to give than to receive, do you think that giving was void of feelings or joy? Of course not. It was from, from a heart that loved to serve others and a joy found in Jesus that loved to give. See, we can love and serve others sacrificially as worship to God and enjoy it deeply without doing so selfishly. I'll say that again. We can love and serve others sacrificially as worship to God and enjoy it deeply without doing so selfishly. The second thing I think we, we need to look at before we move on is that this isn't done out of a strict religious practice. This is something that we get to do. We get to serve. As we talk about serving and serving others, please don't think of this as another burden, another item to add to your already long to-do list. That's so tempting to do. But keep this in mind, that we serve from acceptance, not for acceptance because of how Jesus first served us through the cross. We serve from acceptance, not for acceptance. Now, now the implications that this has is enormous. Worshiping and serving God in everything is something that we can apply to every single area of our lives. Take marriage, for instance. We, can, we get to worship and serve God in our marriage by serving our spouse. Men, th this means we serve our wives selflessly with joy in our hearts. Now, if we're being honest, this is much easier said than done. Um, I don't, by any means, always serve Savannah well. Just ask her, she will tell you. And definitely not always with joy in my heart. But this should be our desire. We should have a joy to serve our spouse because we get the distinct honor and the distinct privilege of serving our spouse. See, I get the distinct honor and the distinct privilege to serve Savannah Saunders. No one else gets that. Whether that's helping around the house or taking a moment to sit with her or praying with her at night, that, that's my joy, my honor to serve her. 
Now, as I said, I don't always serve well. I fall short here. We all do. But the worship that we have for God should cause us to serve our spouse, regardless of if we feel like it or not, if we're tired or not, if we had a long day at work or not. Another implication this has is that we get to worship and serve God by serving others in our parenting. Now, I can't speak to this from experience just yet, but what a wonderful way that God uses us to serve others. And in that, what a way he grows us, what a way he shows us how selfish we can be. I mean, just in in my own marriage, he showed me how selfish I am time and time again and amazingly unaware of it. And how much more does he do that with parenting? Another implication is that we get to serve God in the local church. Jesus uses the church body to grow us, to encourage us, to comfort us, to teach us, and at times rebuke us. And in 1 Corinthians 14, it says that we are all part of a body. See, I believe that we should all be serving the church in some ways. And that looks different for everyone. That could be children's ministry and and teaching the next generation about Jesus for some. That could be uh, musical worship for others. Uh, That could be the greeting team. That could be in so many different ways. But this is a great way, practical way, that we get to serve others and worship God in it. One of the ways that uh, Savannah and I get to to serve the church is through leading a community group. Uh, We've been doing that for about three years now. And uh, God has used us and those around us to encourage us, to comfort us, to grow us, to stretch us, to challenge us, and used us to be able to do that to others around us as well. As I mentioned earlier, when we first came to PBC, uh, we were just a young dating couple And uh, we've walked through so much of our lives here at the church with people in the church. Um, And and if I could encourage you guys, just in in one thing this morning as we talk about serving, is if you're not in a community group and you're not serving the church in some way, get involved. I I think you'll be surprised um, in how God uses that. This also means that, that we get to worship and serve God with our money. And oof. That one stings a little bit, doesn't it? Now, I don't want to dive in uh, too deep here. Um, Tim is going to be talking about this next week, but if you have a hard time figuring out what it is you serve, what it is you worship, check your bank account. I mean, you know that feeling when you, you open your bank account and there are what seems like a million charges from Amazon and you can't remember any of them? And then you get a big package and you open it up and you're like, we bought a dog kennel? Why did we buy it? I guess we have a dog kennel, okay? I'm speaking for a friend here. Um, but this is another way that we serve God with everything. We serve him with our money. This also means that we should serve God with our time. In today's society, it seems like we're, we're busier than ever, more distracted than ever. And many of the things that we talk about, serving God in our marriage and parenting and serving the church, this is all done with our time. And this is hopefully where much of our time goes. But if we're honest, how much of our time goes to wasted things? Things that won't matter in one week from now. How much of our time goes to things like social media and Netflix and sports and things that don't matter? And how much of our time goes to things that matter, to investing in our marriage, to investing in our children, to investing in our church, to investing in relationships and community and serving The last implication this has is that we get to worship and serve God by serving those in need. Now, this one of all of them challenges me to no end. 
When I hear I need to serve my spouse, although it's challenging at times, I go, okay, yeah, I can do that. But serving the needy? I don't even know where I start. James 2 says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and be filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? See, if we're only praying for those in need and not doing anything when we're able to, he says we're missing the point. He even challenges us and says it does no good. Now that doesn't mean don't pray for people, don't take that in the wrong way, not in the slightest. But rather that if praying is just an easy way out or an excuse to not help and serve those in need, then it's just that, it's just an excuse. So rather than praying for them, what if we prayed and how we could help them? Jesus says this in the final judgment. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger, and welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? And when did we see you sick, or in prison, and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Do you serve the needy, honestly? Now this is, this is something that, that hits home for me. I can be so selfish in my own life, in my own space, that I forget or block out or at times, make up excuses as to why I don't serve the needy. but this should be part of serving God in everything, with everything. Part of that should be us serving the needy. It should be us serving the children at the border, like we've been gathering supplies for the past few weeks. It should be us helping the school and the, and the impoverished families that come here by helping with the playground yesterday. It could look a lot of different ways. It could be taking a step um, to get licensed in foster care and then serve children who have no place to go. Uh, this is something that Savannah and I uh, just did, and we're not starting for a while, but um, what, a, what an amazing way that we could serve those in need. Um, it could look like volunteering uh, as we have as a church at Hope Women's Center and helping women in need. See, we need to serve God in everything and make part of serving God in everything, serving the needy. And what I love about all of this, about serving others in everything we do, about serving the needy is that Christ was the ultimate example of it. And he always is. When we, when we talk about love, Christ is the ultimate example. When we talk about suffering, Christ is the ultimate example. And even when we talk about serving, Christ was the ultimate example. You see, in Matthew 20, Jesus says that he came not to be served, but to serve. Now, you may, you may think that's great, Graham. But what this sounds like, it sounds an awful lot like religion. And I think that's a natural response to this. Feeling like we must earn our salvation. But here's the thing. God does not love us differently based upon how we serve him. And most of us may know this from a head level, but if you're like me, you need to hear it over and over again. 
that Christ gives his grace freely and out of an unrelenting love for us. What we do does not and cannot change that love he has for us. Now, this is something I struggle with often, and I fear probably even daily that my sin, my lack of worship, my lack of service changes the way he loves me. And I need this daily reminder that he has always loved me, that he always will, that there's nothing I can do to change that, nor is there anything I can do to earn his love. See, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a, a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, it is all his grace. It is none of my works that I am saved. Along with this, I think there's a second trap that we fall into, and it's that our worth as a human and as a Christian are directly related to how we serve him, but that is so far from the truth. Our worth is not measured by the amount of money we've given or the amount of time we've spent in a soup kitchen. Now, please don't miss this. Volunteering, giving, serving is critical. We get to serve those in need. Yet we have intrinsic value because we are made in the image of God. You see, there's this little lie that we sometimes tell ourselves that he doesn't love us the same before because of our works. But I think it goes one step further than that. And it says that my service to God is lesser or my service to God is greater than someone else's. So let me elaborate. I've heard far too many stay-at-home moms, whether in community group or having people over for dinner, that say they don't feel like their service is the same because they spend so much time at home and with their children. But can we just flat out rebuke that lie? God takes the most basic things we do to show us that nothing is insignificant. 1 Corinthians 10.30 says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So as we've been learning, everything we do should be service unto God. And that the primary way in which we serve God is through serving others. Which means parenting well is beautiful worship unto the Lord. Being a stay-at-home mom and raising your children is both serving God and serving them, and it is of tremendous value. And if you, if you feel like it is less, you need to stop telling yourself that lie. See, we all serve God in different ways. We all have different gifts, different things that we're good at and passionate about, and that's a great thing. God made us this way. Now, if you don't know my family uh, or my backstory, um, I'm from a family of 14 children, and uh, if you think, whoa, that's crazy, it was. It is every bit as hectic as you might imagine growing up. Um, I, at one point, shared a room with my three younger brothers. We had side-by-side bunk beds. Um, it was kind of like an orphanage, um, but I kid, I kid. Uh, I loved have so, having so many siblings. Um, I still do, but one thing my parents always made sure of was that our birthdays were special. It was that one day a year we got to choose breakfast, lunch, dinner, and even dessert. It got to be all about us. It was a big deal. Now, I was recently at my little brother uh, Elijah's birthday. He's here. Um, 
he was turning 11, and before we opened presents, uh, my sister Liberty came to me to show me what she had bought him. Now, if you know Elijah, he's a huge Steelers fan, and I know we pray for him every day. Join me. <laughs> but she pulls out this thermos with the Steelers logo on it, and you can just see how excited she is to give it to him. So then the you know, time comes, we go on, and uh, we're opening presents. And as we're opening presents, you can see her holding the gift under her leg, just waiting to give it to him. And that's when my parents hand him a gift, and he pulls out the exact same Steelers thermos. And I turn to Liberty, and you can just see the blood draining from her face. You see, that's just like what we do. We compare our gifts and our areas of service to others. And we may think that it's less because it's not as visible or because we're not on stage. But if we all tried to serve God in the same way, with the same gifts, it just wouldn't work. God has given us all unique gifts to serve him and to serve others with. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 20. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So stay-at-home moms, pastors, those in the workplace, nurses, doctors, community group leaders, production team, those that give to the needy, those that adopt, those that parent. We all have unique God-given gifts and ways that we serve one another and that we serve the church, and I don't believe there's any one that is more necessary or greater than the other. They all have value because God has made them this way. He has made them differently. The important thing here is that we use our gifts and our areas to, to serve God by serving others, that we use our time and our talent and our treasure to serve others. I would also add that, that worshipful service should at least sometimes stretch us in some way. If it's always easy or it requires one hour a week that we weren't using before, we, need, we may need to reevaluate how we're serving. See, worship and serving should not always be comfortable um, and it certainly wasn't for Jesus. So this may mean taking a step uh, to help the homeless by volunteering at Justice Center. Or taking a, a meal to a family in the church who has something going on. Or, or maybe giving more and giving sacrificially to those in need. And th this doesn't even have to be external. Man, this, this could just be praying with our wives, taking a step in that. See, I believe if, if we only serve in areas that we are comfortable in, we may miss part of what God has for us. But remember, too, that, that we serve from acceptance, not for acceptance. Further, nothing we do will earn our salvation or somehow pay back part of it to Christ. But that leads to our last question, and one that we asked in the beginning. We've talked about different ways that we can serve God in our parenting, in our marriage, in the church, and serving the needy. But I think there's one more question. 
And it's why do we serve God if he doesn't need it and if it doesn't earn our salvation? Romans 15, 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. See, we who believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord are saved, period. And further, he promises to give us the Holy Spirit and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he fills us with all peace and all joy. So the reason we serve God by serving others is because our joy found in Christ is moving out and it's spilling over. It's saying, I have so much in Jesus. I have found peace and I have found joy and I'm going to use my stuff, my time and my energy to serve you, Jesus. I want to serve you, Jesus. See, this is the spillover of joy in God that we see in 2 Corinthians 8.2. It says, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. See, even though they they faced afflictions and trials, they overflowed into joy. Do you see that? Service should not be done out of a strict religious practice or trying to earn our salvation because it can't. Rather, it should be done out of a deep-rooted joy and thanksgiving in Christ that spills over. It should spill over into a love for others and into serving others in every single area of our lives. This is the beginning of serving God by serving others and the reason we serve. A love for Christ so deep a joy for Christ so intense that it spills over and it turns into worship and service to God. So where do we go from here? You might say, I know I should serve God with everything and in everything. I know I don't earn my salvation by doing this. And I know that it's supposed to be from a joy found in Christ, but where do I start? I would say just two things as we close. One, If you don't know Christ or you don't feel a heart change or joy for him, start there. I don't believe there's some trick here, but rather picking up your Bible, setting your heart on him, asking him to forgive you, ask him for the peace and love found in him to fill you. Give him your burdens, your anxiety, your stress, your long to-do list, your ungratefulness, and instead ask him for peace and joy to fill you, as it says in Romans 15, 13. The second thing I would say is uh, ask yourself and pray about where you need to start worshiping God by serving others. I would would argue that if you're bored with Christ and and you're bored with the church, that, that maybe you're not serving and worshiping enough. I know that's been true in my life. So take a deep, hard look at how you serve your family, how you serve the church, and how you serve those in need, and identify one place to start whether that's praying with your wife at night or serving in the church as Tim talked about today or finding a way to serve those in need, start and then worship God in it. Find joy in serving because that's worship to God. Will you all go ahead and uh, pray with me? Lord, uh, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity um, to preach your word. Lord, I pray that... um, Lord, that I would worship you, that I would serve you out of a joy found in my heart. And I pray that this would take root in all of our lives, Lord, that we would be a church that serves you, that serves the needy, that serves each other.
Thank you for all of this. Amen.